one or maybe then go inside out again a bit harder. So I want to try and slide one in there. Fast. You would think he has to make him hit it on the leg side. All his fielders out there. Six to win. Four for a super over. More. Yes, uh, round seven, it wraps up tonight. Uh, it's just about to start. Three teams on the double this week, Big Horse. We've had Cooper Connolly on the bench, or most of us have. Jamie Overton, most of us traded him out too. So it's been some carnage, mm -hmm. but round eight awaits. We've got every team on the single. What's the key to getting it right this week? I think it might be time to hunt some pods, mate. Point of different players. So we'll talk through our best options for the run home, our best pods, trade thoughts, preview round out games, and plenty more. So, Nath, let's get to it. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, welcome back to the Insight BBL Show. I'm your host, Nathan Brain. The big horse is with me, as always, to preview round eight of Super Coach BBL. And we have a special guest, DR, for Super Coach with DR. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you very much for having me on, Legends. As, as I mentioned pre-podcast, I've been tuning into every episode. You guys have really been guiding me through my second BBL season. So to be on here having a chat with you guys is an absolute uh, pleasure. Really looking forward to it, lads. Awesome. Oh, mate, it's it's our pleasure. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to ripping in, and it's going to be a massive week, isn't it, Mick? It's uh, everyone on the single. You, you've got to make some good decisions this week, don't you? Basically, it's the best of the best, isn't it? You, you've got one or every team playing one game. Our job this week is to try and find some nice pods for you guys at home in order to win your rounds. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that uh, we've got finals coming up, don't we, round eight, nine, for, for most head-to-head -head leagues too. So, yeah, definitely pod hunting will be relevant. Um, so we'll jump into things. But before we do, if you haven't yet, please hit like, please hit subscribe. And if you're listening to us on audio, hit the follow button and leave us a review. But most importantly, uh, the squeeze of the week. Squeeze of the week, obviously, for anybody who's new, first of all, welcome. Uh, the squeeze of the week is the highest score in the unlimited league for Insight. And it goes out to Lance, coach of Armano's Thing, with a 14, check this score, 1458. Yeah. How the fuck do you even get that score? That is massive. He, he, he had to have won the week, surely. I'm just checking this. Yeah, he was. Whether... Yeah, he won took the out the week as well. Yep. Huge. Well Huge. So very well played. Uh, Lance, uh, mate. You've won yourself a standard squeeze pack. Congratulations. Flick us an email, contact at insightfantasysports.com.au, and we will get that sorted for you, mate. Uh, and you know what's even – I probably shouldn't say what's even better because he just won the week, but we've got Scott, coach of Runs, 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 is his team. He's leading the competition at the moment in the Insight League uh, and also leading overall in first place. And then we? we've got uh, Jeremy, coach of Tobes Troops, in second, five points behind him. So we've got the two, the, we've got first and second in the actual overall comp in our league at the moment, which is pretty cool. So very, uh, very impressive. Well done, lads. Hopefully one of them can take it out. That would be awesome. Um, let's well, let's talk about how we're going. DR. Sorry, Mick. Yeah. No, just before we do get into it, in our Unlimited League, we have 18 people in the top 100 at the moment. That's insane. Okay. Pretty cool. Unreal. Well done. Mm. Well done, guys. Uh, DR, how you been going, mate? Talk to us a little bit about how your season's been going. Where are you sitting? How are you looking this week? 
Yeah, look, it's really my second serious season of playing the game, as I mentioned before. So my goal at the start was just to finish in the top 5%. So at the moment, had a few solid weeks, sitting in the top 2% at the moment. So uh, 6-1-2-7 before this week. Currently on 7.95, but I'd say what made a few uh, bad decisions this week, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, trade out Connolly, trade out Overton, got Chowdhury score on the bench, thought I'd go safe, I'll go with Maxi 65, but I've really been burnt for that decision. But look, overall going okay, went with uh, Munro's a VC this week. It was just a coin toss in the end between a bit of a pod or to go with the crowd and lock in someone like a Walter. So looking okay for now, mm-hmm. but as we know, fellas, it can be a, a first ball duck in the next game. So uh, yep. yeah, you never count all your chickens. And that's one thing I've noticed as well. Nailing that captain, it's so important. I know that you blokes went over it last week about short versus hardy, for example. Didn't it make just such a massive difference in your week? So the little decisions sometimes that just seem to go a big way. But look, tracking a right this week, probably a little bit above par. Not much above par, I don't think. But all depends on how some of these blokes go in in tonight's game. So uh, Mm -hmm. looking forward to see how they go, boys. That's it. There's a lot riding on tonight for sure. And I, I get a little bit nervous when we're recording on the, we always record on the last night of the round and, and I usually miss most of these games as, as we record at the same time. So it, it makes me a bit nervous knowing what I'm going to look at my phone at when we finish the live stream. Uh, if anybody well, wants to throw um, some comments yeah. in there, keeping us up to date, that would be great. Uh, Big Horse, how are you going, mate? Yeah, not too bad. This round, where am I sitting on? I am sitting on 937 with six to play, including Paul Walter as my VCC loop. So my projected score is just over 1,300 at the moment. Hopefully that comes through. But I need Jai Richardson to really pull his finger out this game tonight. I think most of us do that brought him in. He's been pretty ordinary so far, unfortunately. Mm. Um, And you know what I should have done? I should have told my score first because now I'm just going to seem like a pale in comparison to you Um, (laughs) because that's huge. You're having a big week. Uh, I'm um, currently on 868 with six to play, captain in play. Uh, DR, I think we spoke before, you you VC'd Munro. I did the same. So hoping for a big one. one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the nervous play with, with taking an opening batsman, isn't it? In a, in a double game week is, you know, they might go well in game one, you take the loop and then in second game, they nick off early or get a good one. So plenty of risk. We're taking on the Paul Walter VCers uh, and there was a lot of them. So fingers crossed that plays out. Um, Boys, what we might do is we might rewind into uh, the round of games. Now, Game one, we had the Stars, four for 156. They lost to the Sixers, three for 160. The Sixers did it pretty well in the end in in game one to open things up. What did you notice from this one, Mick, to kick things off? Pretty easy, wasn't it? The the Stars struggled a little bit. Maxi was hitting them all over the place until he got caught on, I think he made 31 of fuck all balls. Um, Sixers did it pretty easy in there, and they just chased them down. Vince scored 80-odd, was it? And... Was, was really good this game, player of the match. Yeah, 109 he finished with, super coach points, so very good from him. Um, you know, Todd Murphy actually bowled pretty well as well. He ended he up getting really Maxi well. out, but the shot that Maxi played to get out was a stinker. So mm. very disappointing as a Maxi owner to see him look so good, and then he just plays really dumb shots like that. So um, 
I'm, I'm sure he's going to make me pay and he's going to get 200 next week. Anyway, let's talk it, talk it into existence. Um, the next game, very quickly, Heat 7 for 132. Very low scoring game, this one. Uh, they beat the Hurricanes mm. 9 for 116. DR, what, any any big standouts here for you? Because I know this was a double game against double game team, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the, the big surprise for me was, was Jordan. I just did not see this one coming, you know, and I think Brendan Julian, I had a bit of a crack at him on, on Twitter. <laughs> the best player going around in the BBL. It's like, hey, I'm mate, haven't you heard of uh, Mr. Maxwell and uh, Mr. Short? But yeah, look, really solid from him, really solid. I know that there was mm-hmm. a very select few that even chucked the VC on him and they were rewarded for that. So uh, yeah, really impressed yeah. with him. Munro, as we said, we had the VC on him. He's one of those blokes go a zero or I was really thinking back to round one, you know, that first game, that 99, mm-hmm. uh, could there be shades of that again? Didn't quite get to those heights, but at the end of the day, you can't complain with that 86 and talk about just a little bit of junk time, that run out at the end. That run out last ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hit the roof. And those that didn't trade in Munro are probably going, you're kidding me, you know, and that's a, it's a game of inches sometimes, isn't it? So uh, yeah, yeah that, I love that little bonus, a uh, little bit of the cherry on the top there. I'm gonna might I might rub a bit of salt into the wound, Mick. Just just very quickly. Um, I don't have the video or the clip. I should have because you got one of me this uh, this this episode. But I do. Uh, Xavier Bartlett, your your deep dive on Xavier Bartlett last week was to uh, not run with Xavier Bartlett because he has a yeah, very poor him. average. He yeah he yep. he proved you wrong this round, didn't he? Yeah, I look kind of stupid at the moment, don't I? But good on him. He's played well and he's been in really good form this season. And again tonight. Let's see what happens against the Scorchers. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I mean, as a bowler, you have a bit more like hope that uh, or reliability that they're going to actually at least yeah. score some sort of points this round with dot balls and things, don't you? I, I tell you what, though, the Hurricanes' top order is the worst in the BBL at the moment. <laughs> Repeatedly just capitulating, aren't they? Stupid shots. We'll talk about Sam Hain later, but fuck me, if that guy gets a game next week, <laughs> something's wrong. Do we need to talk about Sam Hain? Is that a requirement? I, I'd rather probably, just skip the bloke completely. Well, Let's not. Awful. Yeah. As long as All you're right. okay with it, DR. Yeah. Yeah. No, mate, no. Nah, <laughs> he was a bit of fool's gold, I think, in a way, wasn't he? That yeah. big score. You haven't seen anything else. But mm. uh, again, we'll, you don't know don't know what's going to happen on a double. But uh, yeah, extremely disappointing, isn't it? Very, very disappointing. Very disappointing. Two zeros. <laughs> double the donuts. The um, yeah. Now, the, the next one, we've got the Thunder. My Thunder, eight for 137. They've been ordinary as well with the bat in hand, haven't they? They lost to the Scorchers, three for 140, did it easy in the end. But we saw uh, maybe some more failures in this game or some unexpected scores from guys like Ty, Richo, uh, Lance Morris, Aaron Hardy. These guys were very popular uh, that were brought in. Laurie Evans with a, like, with a five after what he did the week before that. Uh, yep. So, yeah, a bit disappointing to be a Scorchers owner. But then, again, you, you look on the flip side and you look at Crawley, Agar and Connolly, who all did incredibly well. Yep. What do you take from this? Like, I mean, are Thunder going to improve? Is it even worth targeting them for the double? Uh, I think you've got to have at least Daniel Samson. For those of you that aren't a part of our Discord, please, the link is below. Jump in. You'll have ourselves in there talking all good things cricket. We'd recommended people sitting Sams or fading Sams for this round, and it turned out to be a bit of a master stroke for those of you that didn't play him. So what do you score? Three? Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't much at all. I saw an interesting stat on Sam's as well. I'm not sure whether you saw it, DR, here. I think he averages like 13 Supercoach points a game against the Scorchers in like six or seven games. So mm. the writing was on the wall, wasn't 
It was. That's one thing that, that put me off a little bit because I know there was a few looking to to set up for that last double with the Thunder, but definitely you guys are absolutely on the money last week. I suppose the question is, do you set up early this week or do you just simply leave him till the last week before the double? I think that's probably a question that lots of us will have because I think it's safe to assume we'll all want him on that double. He's a very dangerous yeah. player not to have, but do we go this week or do we go the week after? Yeah, big, mm-hmm. big question. Yeah. I mean, and we'll cover that a little bit later, but the answer might be that you could fade him knowing now that he's coming off a three in his rolling average, his break-even is going to be massive. You might even jag him a bit cheaper for, for round nine. So planning will be important, but yeah, the Thunder are a big talking point. So we'll talk about them. Uh, the, the game last night, boys, the Strikers, five for 168. They chased down the Hurricanes, 165, batting first. Uh, I mean, is Matt Short ever going to fail with the bat or is he just going to continue to peel off starts and just do the job? As Nathan Scoble would say, as what is he, the president of the Matt Short fan club? Yeah. Um, this this man is the greatest thing since sliced bread. He can do it all. Opens the bowling. Pity he didn't get an extra over for that economy rate yeah, bonus. But you. what forty five off thirty two, clean hitting. Paddy Dooley, it was a nice wicket getting him out. But Hurricanes did really well to get to one sixty five, given that they were five for. Fuck all, really. Early on, weren't they? McDermott really put on the gas and scored a really nice 95. And as a Chowdhury owner, maybe I'm assuming you guys probably would be too, just knowing how popular he is. Um, I, I, I saw them five for fuck all and or four for fuck all, and I thought, oh, here we go. We could have another yeah, Chowdhury yeah, saving yeah. innings here, and I was rubbing, rubbing my hands together, and then he gets stumped down the leg side and gets uh, the first ever diamond duck. Uh, yeah. by not facing illegal delivery. So that, yeah, that was maybe. that was great. Um, but where the two guys, that, well, maybe three that we should be talking about, Jamie Overton was traded out by a lot of us just purely because he had a lot of value on the, you know, on the page, didn't mm-hmm. he? He was nearly 200K. We wanted to get a piece of Paul Walter for the double. So Jamie Overton seemed to be the one that made way for a lot of people. But it seems like we are, uh, we're, we're sitting here with regrets because he's gone and scored a double uh, worth of points to you. Oh, I haven't had a good relationship with this man this year. I've got some 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 numbers here. So I purchased him an average of 94.7. Only for three games, he averages 33. Then bangs out his 123 this week. So thank you very much, Jamie. You have absolutely screwed me, mate. It's all about timing in this game, isn't it? But yeah, I yeah. think it made yeah. sense to trade him out, you know, not coming up for absolutely. another double. Hadn't looked too great in the last few weeks, and we look to get another double game player in. But... I may look mm-hmm. to possibly even trade him back in <laughs> at the moment, but yep. we know he's not that real pod pick. I know you guys are looking more towards that pod route. So, yeah, probably not for me this week, as tempted as I would be. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll talk about some pods a little bit later because, uh, yeah, very interested to hear uh, your thoughts on a couple of these blokes. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and obviously with Benny McDermott going ballistic, 95 not out last night, he had a cracker of an innings and saved a lot of, uh, we saved the Hurricanes from being completely embarrassed, but he also saved a lot of super coach teams. So uh, he'll be a hold. Me for one. Yep. Yep, me too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and Chris Jordan again, 77. So he finishes with 179 on the double, which is massive. And I've seen some people VC him, which is incredibly well played. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, whoever did that, I'd like, I'd love to know their thinking given the way that he'd been scoring recently and to throw a VC on him. Like Brendan Julian didn't tell us he was the greatest player until he's, you know, the round started. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to know the thought process because he'd done fuck all before then. Yeah, good hindsight. Hindsight hero, Brendan Julian. Um, yeah. yeah. But again, it comes down to the role. We've talked about it all year and um, mm-hmm. it comes down to the role for him. He bowls death. He bats seven or eight. 
So the, the role is nice. And with the amount of wickets that they're losing early on in the top order for Hobart, like you, you know that Chris Jordan's going to get a bat more often than he isn't. So it is a good role. It's kind of the equivalent maybe of someone batting six on a good team or five on a good team with him batting seven or eight. It's kind of the same. So how, uh, he's a, he's a strong, nice little hold now. How strong is the man? Did you see that half pull shot where he took his hand off the bat and it went straight for six? Yeah. And that's the biggest boundary Animal. in Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, that man. is wrists. That is all wrists. Um, very, yeah, very impressive. Uh, we've got the Scorchers and the Heat tonight. So, obviously, we can't talk about that. Um, that game would have just started now as we're recording. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll try and yeah. keep an eye on it. And, uh, obviously, with the comments as well, please bring them in uh, because I need to know what's happening with Colin Munro as my VC. And so does DR. I, I, so, let us know. I, I can tell you right now that they are none for 13 off the first over. Usman Kawaja, 13 off six balls. Okay. okay. So, Colin Munro just He's sat at the other end and had a nice little yeah, look. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Um, all right, let's let's go to the winners very quick. We'll talk about the the players that are hot. This we talked about Chris Jordan, one seventy nine. We can move on from him. Benny McDermott, big. Uh, he got ninety five off sixty. He ended up with one hundred and seventy or oh, one hundred and forty one. I think it was Nikhil Chowdhury. We talked about. He went large in game one with one hundred and two, and then did nothing in game two. Jamie Overton, we talked about. Now, one we haven't talked about is Nathan Ellis. He was pretty good um, for, you know, someone with a, a decent role. We know he bowls deaf. He just doesn't get the batting role that ideally Chris Jordan would have. But he finished with 121, picked up some pretty crucial wickets throughout DR as well. Did you look at Nathan Ellis last week as a bring-in? Look, slightly, but my big thing was to stay away from most of Hurricanes bowlers. You look, their average, they'll take around four wickets a game. Yeah. So... I was yep. never really too keen on them. Uh, I had obviously Chowdhury there, but not not a real serious look, to be quite honest, mate. But but hats off to them. Um, one of the best performances, I think, um, probably their best bowling performance of the year, I think, as a unit. Um, yep. Yeah, really, really impressed from uh, Nathan Ellis. Yeah, absolutely. And the next guy, Ashton Agar, has come from absolutely nowhere oh, after he's yeah. had the probably the worst BBL of his career. And uh, he gets 118. And I tell you what, the Don't. Sydney showground... You may as well have been playing in a street in Chennai because that, that wicket was just disgraceful. There's no way in the world that that wicket should have been uh, in, like a professional wicket. I've got a hot tip. Don't buy into the Ashton Agar hype because if you see him turning it sideways at the showgrounds, imagine what the likes of a person I'm going to bring up later, Cameron Boyce or someone like that. They're going to, they're going to be turning it sideways and almost impossible to play. Yeah, I think the one thing, the advantage for Ashton Agar is his release. He doesn't get overspin on the ball. He actually gets backspin on the ball. So he looks to bowl the ball hard, fast into the wicket. So I think that's probably why he was getting so much bite. Whereas, um, who was the leggy? Tenvi Sanger. You know, he, he didn't get anywhere near as much spin as, as Ashton Agar in that game. And Tenvi mm. Sanger's a, a natural leggy, but I think with the overspin on the ball, he just didn't get that really aggressive bite from the wicket. Yep. So. You're looking at guys like that, and there are a couple that bowl very similar to Ashton Agar this coming week that are also playing at the showground. So uh, a very close watch for, mm -hmm. for those guys. Um, now, obviously, Vince and Connolly, they both got 109. Uh, mate, if you had James Vince, you probably need to run the podcast, not, not us. Um, <laughs> no, no one was picking him. Um, no. But Cooper Connolly, a lot of people sat him, me included. He was on my bench, and um, I don't know about you boys, DR, you had him on the bench. Oh, no, you traded him, didn't you? I, I traded him, and who, who saw these death death overs? It's like, oh, no. what is going on? As 
as someone that either has him on the bench or, or has traded him out, that, that was a killer. That was an absolute killer. What is happening here? What, Morris get the one over, I think it was, and Cooper yep. comes out and gets the four. But bowled well, bowled well. Obviously, played their bowlers to the conditions. It was a right move. So, uh, yeah, hats off to anyone that uh, – Stuck fat with him and, and had him on field. Mm. Well done. Very well played. The, the decision for me to get Connolly's points, I had the E on him, just I don't know why. I didn't have a better option. Um, and I had to trade out Matt Short back to Will Sutherland to actually get Connolly's points. And if I did that, I would have that that would have been the best move I've made in 10 years as super coach. Um, but I just I couldn't do it to myself. Um, no. Mick, any luck? Did you have you didn't have Connolly on field, did you? I've got him, but no. Yeah, spewing. I ended okay. up going the uh, Maxwell emergency and taking yeah. Maxwell's score. And it was a smart move. Um, we had Munro 86, Bartlett 85, Walter 77. We kind of mentioned all those guys as well. They've got a game to go tonight. Uh, we just saw in the chat as well, Matty Granger giving us updates that uh, Collage is out. Berendorf got him. Good catch by Whiteman. So um, that one down for the Heat. Um Alex Hale's 92 on a single was positive as well ahead of their double game week, but it looks like there's potential that he might be injured. Pulled up a little bit lean, bit of a calf injury there, trying to reverse sweep one, I think it was. So um, he'll be a very close watch for the double now if he doesn't play this round, which, I mean, with calves, they're kind of niggly injuries, Mick, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Who's going to open for the Thunder if he misses? Probably Gilks. Gilks and Bancroft, I would say. That'd be my guess if he misses. Yep. She hasn't um, he had an ordinary season. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Tough. Very tough. Um, you know, Gilks has gone from being out of the squad to now opening the batting likely. So um, anyway, we'll see. Jason Sanger, he, he's had a bit of an ordinary run too. The top order just haven't been really firing, aside from Hales, who's found some form lately. So, yep. um, but um, guys, what we'll Although, do, we'll, we'll quickly, sorry. He, he did run three people out. So the Thunder <laughs> might be happy to I can see him miss a couple <laughs> yeah. of games. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was he was cooking barbecues all afternoon. Wasn't yeah, wasn't he? he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no good. Let's move on to the losers very quickly. And you can't get more ice cold than Sam Hain. You cannot. The bloke with a duck egg in two games, um, he surely missed, loses his spot to Matt Wade back in this lineup when Matt Wade's fit next week. DR, you'd think? It's hard to see him retaining his spot, isn't it? You know, apart from that one decent match, what else he brought to the table? I think it's time to see later, Hayne. He's just been a pain to have on the side, hasn't he? So, and I think for yep. some people, you're looking at like a Munro versus a Hayne type or a Mac Wright type last week. Uh, just one of those players that uh, mm-hmm. been super, super frustrating. So, I can't see him retaining his spot. And I think it's just a logical inclusion weighed in, Hayne out. Yep. Uh, Mitch Swepson as well. I'm, I'm still a Mitch Swepson owner. I think he's owned by 11% of the top 5% of teams, and I've just held him because I've had other problems and I just couldn't move him on for his cash, and now he's probably going to lose it all. So that, that works well. But uh, he didn't bowl, purely condition-based, obviously. Um, so he'll get, hopefully get a bowl tonight, um, but definitely on a tougher wicket, I think. Uh, Jack Edwards with a two. Daniel Sams, we mentioned already, continues his poor average against the Scorchers with a three. Laurie Evans, five. Jai Richardson and Corey Anderson, both with sevens. Mm-hmm. Caleb Jewell was someone I was toying with as well, and and he ended up with nine uh, in the in the in the double. So uh, yeah, tough. And Nathan McSweeney is a talking point as well because he obviously has lost his spot due to Marnus and Uzi coming back into this team. Um, Mick, you, we both talked about Nathan McSweeney being a guy we were looking at this week and we pivoted to Munro due to trying to play it safe, knowing that this may happen. 
Um, kind of planned out okay, didn't it? It did, but I hate it. Nathan McSweeney yeah. is one of the best up-and-coming young players that we've got in Australia. I, I would much rather see him play than for him oh, to for miss sure. out to someone that's coming in for a game and then fucking off again. So, yep. yeah, that's pretty ordinary. Just play some yeah, lovely and- cricket shots, doesn't he, this man? Yeah, doesn't Just some he? lovely cricket yeah. shots. Yeah, 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 100%. Mick said a, a few times now on the pod that he'll be a Australian test cricketer, and I, I tend to agree with him. He just looks like he's got so much time at the crease. So um, to, to round out the losers, we've got Andrew Ty, who's also being rested tonight. Um, I'm going to call Andrew Ty a liar on the podcast tonight because he came out and he said he will rest when he's dead. Well, I, I think he's alive yes. um, from all reports, and he's resting, which is very disappointing. So uh lance morris with a 22 and kuhneman with a 20 as well so that that kind of rounds out the losers there but um dr we've, we've got a, a little segment called the deep dive with the big horse and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it tonight so we'll get into that here we go uh it's unbelievable it. isn't it <laughs> Now, we're going to go a little bit left field tonight with my deep dive because we have been digging, but one for the viewers at home, Cameron Boyce has been more than a handy fill-in for Rashid Khan at the Strikers this year. He's been a top three wicket-taker in the BBL and going at just a tick over seven runs per over. So on average, he's getting his economy rate bonus with his bowling. Could be a sneaky pod with all teams on the single next round and has a high score against the Sydney Thunder, who they're playing in round nine of 165. He's got a career average of 74 against the Thunder, and he scored 76 against the Hurricanes in the last game. There is two games that he's got left. Are you buying the Cam Boyce hype? DR, any interest? Not until uh, the big horse just had a quick deep dive there, but it sounds all right, doesn't it? It really does sound all right. And when we're talking about pods and, and blokes going under the radar... I think Boyce almost fits the bill, doesn't he? Um, looking really good at the moment. Look, I didn't have high hopes for him early, but he's really proved me wrong, certainly proved me wrong. And given the fact that everyone's on a single this week, I think he presents good value for what he's been producing, what he can produce. So uh, I do not mind it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I didn't look at him at all until you started talking about him um, earlier today. And... I mean, he plays at Blundstone Arena as well, which, look, it's it's a nice-ish wicket, but you're playing the Hurricanes. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen what happens to their top order more often than not. So, hey, I'll, yeah, I don't mind that. Maybe you just got to worry, does he even get a bowl? Do the quicks get uh, do the quicks get through the Hurricanes' top order before Boyce even gets a chance? That's a risk. <laughs> now, the second part of the deep dive. No, I'm just going to go. Dug, yeah, we've dug fairly deep here. And um, <laughs> as you've heard... At times in this podcast, my learned friend here, Nathan Brain, has spent a little bit of time with New South Wales and the Sheffield Shield, and I've managed to dig up an interview of his from approximately 15 years ago. Would it be? Yeah. Let's yep. um, let's have a let's have a look and see how this goes. Here with Nathan Brain. Nathan, uh, off season's been going pretty well. Exciting time for you. Oh, very exciting time. It's quite surreal to be honest. Like you know, training beside people like Simon Kadich and. Josh Hazelwood and all of those players, it's pretty surreal and it's really good to be amongst it, yeah. Now you've done the hard yards in, in grey cricket with Campbelltown, taken uh, you know, quite a few wickets over the last couple of years. 
Uh, did you feel as though you were ready to come up and get a spot with the RTA Speed Blitz Blues? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got to back myself in and I'm pretty happy with where I'm at at the moment. I've spent two years at the COE for the last two years working with John Davison, so I find that I'm really fine-tuning my game now and I'm ready to step it up. So where would you see yourself as a player slotting into, into the current squad? What are your strengths? I find I'm a very attacking spinner. Uh, I look to take wickets and I think that's... That's the end result in the game, really. You want to take wickets and you want to score runs. So, yeah, I think definitely bringing my attacking side into the team would be a bonus, yeah. And you've grown up with some of the guys in the in the 17s and 19s the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah. I've um, spent two years in the 17s when I was younger and uh, last year I played under 19s. So I uh, was playing with Adam Zampa and Nick Bills and a couple of other rookies. So, yeah, it's been good to grow up with them and learn from them. You learn from each other. So You had a chance to have a crack at the big guns in the city of your country at the weekend. How was that? Yeah, it was definitely a good experience. I mean, bowling to people like Phil Drakes, he put me over the fence a couple of times, but it's a good experience. I know you learn a lot from playing games like that to really get into the contest and yeah, give yourself a good shot of getting a wicket. And who are the guys in the squad who've, uh, who've been good value so far and given you some advice? Mate, uh, I haven't really spent too much time. It's, I've been back for three weeks, but watching the way Simon Kadic goes about his training is unbelievable. He, this is all the work and all the time that he puts into his own game is definitely, yeah, it's definitely a standout for me. And some excitement around the group about Champions League coming up. Surely in a couple of years that might be where you're at in India? Um, I don't want to think too far ahead, but yeah, that's definitely a goal. Like I'd like to play all three forms of the game. But at the moment, the boys are in, uh, in camp at the moment in Penrith playing a couple of trial games. So they join us back tomorrow for a bit of a session in the morning, which is very exciting. OK, Nathan, thanks for spending time with us. Good luck for the season. No worries. Thank you. What oh. a man. What a man. Thanks for that, mate. I, I did welcome. not realise I was in the company of such greatness. But, no, uh, mate. Definitely not. Oh, definitely not great. <laughs> a few names there as well, didn't he? Caddo and a few yeah, blokes yeah. here. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love Just Caddo and Hazelwood and <laughs> Zamps. Hey, I can drop more if you want. Um, that's, that's only the start. No, I had some fun. Yeah. I, I was very lucky. I was very lucky when I was young to, um, you know, it, when you're young, when you're 10 or 11, you most kids when you play a lot of cricket you dream to play for australia you, you know you have those kind of aspirations and i was lucky enough to play um with with a lot of the guys that are playing for australia today i had the chance to train with these guys and spend time with them off the field and um up at the academy uh, i was lucky enough to spend a lot of time with glenn maxwell like i know him quite well like it, it's it's just one of those opportunities that you'll never ever um you know kind of you kind of don't believe that it happened when, when you see these guys on TV and you think, fuck, I was, I was hanging out with these guys, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So, no, it was cool. Thanks for digging that up, mate. I actually haven't watched that in a good decade. And there's a reason for it because I was 18 yeah. and it, that was a, a bit of a shit show of an interview. But um, hopefully yeah. I speak better now than I did back then. How long did it take you to grow facial hair, mate? Uh, about 12 years after that. <laughs> I only just started growing a beard now, mate. So, um, no, it was fun. Yes. It was good. Elite. Ah, all right, we can move on, can't we? Yeah, we um, can. Yeah. We we probably should look. No one's here to listen to my uh, listen about my cricket. Uh, they're here to look at the week of the BBL. So let's preview the games ahead this week. All right. We've um, first of all, the game preview is brought to you by Bonus Bank, and Bonus Bank is brought to you or Bonus Bank is Australia's number one matched betting site. So you can go to bonusbank.com.au. Use the code INSIGHT, get yourself 25% off your first month of the premium subscription. You can start making some coin and some tax-free money today. Uh, boys, the buyers. Now, we've mentioned already, every team's on a single, no one's on a buy. So we'll, we'll talk about the implications of that very soon, but we, we could probably start looking towards 
the final round, can't we? Round nine, the Thunder, they're on the double. They're the only team on the double. And we've got Brisbane Heat on the bye. Um, the Thunder are playing their games at the SCG this round. Then you've got Marnica and the Showground on their double. So a little bit of relevance there in terms of the way the pitch is going to play. Um, DR, you first. Let me ask you, are, are you starting to look ahead at Thunder players already at this point? Maybe bank a couple this week or at least one? Yeah, well, I certainly am. I've only got the one, which is Alex Hales at the moment. Did have Sanger, but traded him out a week or two ago. So, yeah, it, it, the big question is how many is too many when it comes to the Thunder? Now, they're not a team that really scream out at me, pick me, pick me, pick me. So I think that lots of us are going to be looking to possibly select a pod from that side. Who's that player going to be? I'm, I'm not too sure. But what I might look to do this week is I want to ensure that I've most likely got six Thunder players Bank the one at the moment in Hales. So I might even look to go maybe your two this week and then trade in your three if I feel that's necessary. But a minimum one this week, depending on how many Thunder players you've already got. I don't think you want to be waiting just to the last round to set up for this because what's going to happen with injuries, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it is important to get planned this week, but also look to target a good player on a single as well. Don't focus too much on it. But yep. it's all about balance, isn't it, boys, as we say? You know, it's one game where you've got to look ahead, but you've also got to look at the now as well. For sure. Tend to agree, Mick? Oh, absolutely. Just looking through Sydney Thunder scores from this round, and you've got Alex Hales on 92, Nathan McAndrew 56, and then nothing else above 50. Cola Cadmore 47, Chris Green 45, Tanvir Sanger 44. I mean, Chris Green or Tanvir Sanger, given that they play at SCG, Monica and the Showgrounds, all nice for spin, might be a play for me. Yeah. Hey, I don't hate that at all. Uh, let's look at game one for round eight. That's at Bloodstone Arena Thursday, tomorrow night. Hurricanes versus the Strikers. Um, you know, the, the Hobart Hurricanes have scored 187 uh, at Bloodstone uh, off 19 overs, 155 off 19 overs, and three for 151 off 18 overs. So, we can naturally assume the batting deck is going to be pretty favourable or the deck is going to be favourable to batsmen in this game. Um, their top order have been a pretty much a disgrace, though. Um, are we looking at maybe targeting some top order batsmen from maybe the strikers this round, aside from Matt Short, DR? Look, Chris Lynn's in fine form, but he's expensive, isn't he, for, for a batter only? And we've talked about the volatility on a single with a batter only. Yeah. I'm probably not going to look to go there myself. You could you could go different if you didn't get Mac right. If you look at his average down there at Hobart, then you know, he plays very well there. His away average is absolutely shocking. So that could be some sort of a pod move if you believe in that home ground advantage for him. But uh, probably not for me, mate. I think Matt Short, you just got to have in your side. He's a different beast, as we know. But apart from him, probably no batters only from strikers myself. You boys, any, any different? Big horse, you... Tempted by any of these batters only, mate? No. What I am tempted by is Adelaide Strikers bowlers, though, because as you can see there, Hobart have only batted out once in their three games down there. So to me, that screams wickets for Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Overton. Love it. Overton, Overton, Maybe. Overton. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't hate it. If you can fit him in and you, I mean, if you already have him, great, you're ahead. But if you can get him back, I think it's it's probably a smart move, isn't it? Um, game two, we've got Friday, 7.15, uh, Sixers and the Thunder, the Sydney Derby. This, this should be a banger. We've got Warner versus Steve Smith, potentially. Um, now tell me this isn't prime David Warner flying in on a private chopper before the game from his brother's it's, wedding. 
It's his brother's wedding. He's going to be half caked. I hope so. If he's, if he's not, he's doing it wrong. Thing. Will he let loose? <laughs> Get him on the mic as well. That'd be interesting. We might find out what happened with uh, in South Africa a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I might have, I might actually go to this game. Uh, could be could be a good one. Is this, I think. is this the first time that Warner's going to be playing with with Cam Bancroft? Uh no, nah, I think Cam Bancroft's played for Australia after this. I think like he has played some form of cricket for Australia after that big incident. So I don't I don't think so. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the chemistry between the two. Hmm. Yeah, it will be. Um I reckon the Sixers get the chocolates here though. The Thunder have been pretty awful. Um yeah. but they they become relevant in trade chat, so we'll leave them for a bit later. We've got mm-hmm. a double. Uh, we've got a back-to-back on Saturday, which is awesome. Uh, 4.15, we've got the Scorchers and the Heat at Optus Stadium. So the Scorchers at home uh, with this one up against the Heat. Should be an awesome matchup. Now, I'll talk through some stats very soon in trade talk, but the Heat concede the least supercoach points to any team this year. And the Scorchers concede the second least supercoach points to any team. So it's going to be a good little battle of probably the best two teams in the competition this year, Mick. Yep. Yeah, there's not much more I can add there, except for Richardson and Ty. You'll both be leaving the horses for courses. Yeah, I'm with you. Won't mate. be the only one. <laughs> uh, and boys, the you got the Melbourne Derby. You guys are Victorian boys, so uh, you know Renegades and Stars. Dr. Who do you follow, by the way? I'm a Stars man. I'm 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 so big on Maxi. Maxi's been my favourite player since he's basically started. So yep. it wouldn't feel right barracking against him. Um, yep. But look, I'll go to any game that's sort of in Melbourne when I can, whether it's a Renegades or a Stars. I'll, I just enjoy being there. But uh, yeah, a Stars man is hard for me, mate. And we've got the big horse as a Renegades man. So we've got the, the derby between the big horse and DR this week. So that'll be interesting. See how that goes. Yeah, um, yeah and ha- haven't Team Red been shit? So Stars and yeah. a landslide. <laughs> uh, this could be a very spin-relevant game. That's all I'll say, and I'll explain it a little bit more later. But we've seen what Marvel is like. Slow wicket, shit outfield. Um, you know, probably due to the fact it just doesn't get as much sun on it as normal grounds would with the roof, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then obviously when we're talking Renegades round nine, they'll have a nice spin-friendly wicket as well. So you might want to target some spinners for the Renegades games. Um, boys, let's get into the real stuff, the trade talk, because uh, I'm sure that's why everyone is here. They want to know who to bring in this week. So let's rip into that. Targets acquired. And before we do... Trade Talks are brought to you by Ryan from Astute Newstead. And look, guys, with interest rates booming across the country, I'm sure you've probably wondered whether your interest rates are potentially too high, whether you can afford your dream home at all. You don't have to worry anymore. You can contact Ryan, who offers confidential lending assistance with no obligations attached. So contact him uh, at ryanh at eganwealth.com is his email. And uh, mention us and you'll get a free consult to sort out all your finances. Boys, um, I've done a little bit of a deep dive myself. I don't have a little cool video thing like Mick does. Um, <laughs> but uh, I looked at the super coach points conceded per game against each team. So the Thunder are actually conceding the most points per game at the moment with 482 per game. Uh, so with this, with these numbers, they I, I didn't count any washouts or incomplete games either. So these are basically completed games that weren't interrupted by weather. Um, the Renegades are second, which is no surprise, 465 points per game they concede. And then the Stars are in third at 460. So um, the Thunder are pretty clear winners in this one. They're conceding a lot of points. They've been pretty ordinary. And then, look, it doesn't make – there's no surprise the Renegades and the Stars are second and third based on the season that they've had. 
Um, and then we mentioned earlier the Scorchers and the Heat are last and second last or, or best in terms of conceding the least amount of points. Heat, 354. So to give you a bit of comparison there, the Heat are conceding 130 Supercoach points less than the Thunder every single game. Does, wow. does this influence the way that you look at your trades this week? And, and if so, is there maybe someone now you'd prioritize off those numbers, Mick? Yes, yes. Anyone that's playing the Thunder or the Renegades. Hundred percent. Yeah, I just there had a, a quick look through the player research, and Overton does play against the Thunder, mm-hmm. and he plays against the Hurricanes, and they're fifth with four hundred and thirty-seven points per game scored against. So, yeah, it's more and more standing out now for me. Yeah. Any any thoughts on this, Dr. Before we move into guns for the week. Yeah, look, I think Overton. If you look at that upcoming schedule, you know what the man can produce. We know he's had a lean three weeks before his recent match. But, yeah, I'm all on with the big horse here. Overton, Overton, Overton for me. Yeah, really, really keen on the man. So well, that that's a perfect little transition into the guns segment for this for this round because I think I, I, I tend to agree. I think Jamie Overton – I agree with Andrew Langley from last week saying that there is no such thing as a must-have in BBL Supercoach. And, and I like the way that he looks at that because of the volatility that you've mentioned a fair bit, DR. Uh, you, know, you just never know week to week. There's no sort of reliability on base stats or touches or, you know, run meters or anything like that. No, we don't have that to work off. But uh, Jamie Overton is 34% owned. I thought he'd be much higher in the top 5% mm-hmm. of teams, only 34% owned. So we can guarantee that will go up to probably north of 80% next week. Um, but he is expensive. He's going to be 200K now. So mm-hmm. we've all pretty much said we're going to pay up for him, haven't we? Um, he's got his final games at Bloodstone and Monica. Monica, and both relatively good wickets, but he does have such a good role, doesn't he? Batting six, bowls, he's really good overs through the middle of the innings. Can bowl death, has a really good change up too, doesn't he, Mick? So, bit Ch- of a no bowls a heavy ball. Bowls a really yeah. heavy ball. It's the bat hard. Mm. Yep. Yep, definitely. Um, it's the short ones, I think, for him that he's got the most wickets with. He seems to catch batsmen yeah. by surprise. He got a couple the other night, didn't he, on the, the short one? Um, yep. So, yeah, I like it. Well, he's got it lumbers. He lumbers in, doesn't he? And then he's bowling north yeah. of 140. So it does catch people out. Look at the frame on the bloke. Mate, he, he could run off five steps and send them down at 140, I reckon. He doesn't need the run up at all. He's just wasting his energy. Yeah. Um, Chris Jordan, boys. Maybe, DR, I'll start with you. Did you have him this week? No, no. I, and to be honest, I skipped past him pretty quickly. I really yeah. did. I did not give the man yeah, enough credit here. I didn't see it coming. We we know that he's got a pretty decent role, but I was just swayed by, I suppose, the ceiling of someone like a Munro over a Chris Jordan. Um, But how about yourself, mate? Did you manage to jump on him or? uh, No, I also didn't. Did you go through to the keeper? Um, No, the big horse did. He uh, he jumped on him. Uh, I did not. Um, That's why I'm here to, to listen to this great man. (laughs) <laughs> That's it, exactly. Thirty percent owned in the top five percent, Mick. Um, so you are you're in good company there. You, you've definitely got a nice little pod. He'll be roughly one hundred and fifty k after after this round uh, finishes. Mm-hmm. He's got a really nice role, like we've spoke about. He plays his games one game at home, and then at the MCG as well, which I think is actually quite a nice spot for him to bowl. You know, the longer boundary, uh, mm-hmm. the you know he takes the pace off the ball probably better than most in the competition at the moment. And uh, he, I can guarantee you, at the MCG, he's going to be bowling more kind of cutters and slow balls into the wicket oh, than sure. he will be bowling full pace ones, um, kind of forcing the batsman to use the pace on the ball or lack of. I'd be silly too to trade him out now after Brendan Julian said he was the best super coach player we've got <laughs> or best BBL player we've got. So I better keep can you, him. 
Yeah, I was, I was looking for Brendan Julian to bring into my team this week, but I just couldn't find him in the app for some reason. <laughs> um, now, this one's an interesting one. Jason Berendorf, 30% owned in the top 5%. He's just come off a rest. He's playing tonight, and he's got two wickets. And, and I hate to say it, but he's cleaned up our boy Munro for two. So uh, it's, it's not good as a VCer and a captainer of, uh, of Colin Munro tonight, but Berendorf's taken the first two wickets in this game. So um, he's going to be around 150K maybe pending tonight, 160K depending on how he goes. He's got two games at Optus Stadium, which I think is important to note. That he plays really well at home, as do most of the Scorchers. And remember, he was 200K two rounds ago. He's had he his was. rest. He's ready to rip in for the last couple of games of the season. The Scorchers are red hot. They're coming home. They're trying to finish the season strong. I like Jason Berendorf if you want to pay around that mark. I think you're getting him at a discount DR. Is there any love there for Berendorf? Or are you looking for more of like a dual kind of all-rounder role? You always, in my opinion, what one thing that I have learned is you always do look for that dual all-rounder role. You've got multiple ways of scoring. But I think if you are looking for a bowl-only option, we've seen what he's been able to produce this year. He's had the rest. I think it's safe to say he locks in those next two games. I don't see a word where... He'll he'll miss another one for the season. He's at home. He loves that deck. So depending on how many people trade him out, by keeping, you could actually have a pod here because I assume that there would be a few that do look to maybe trade him out. So if you are a current owner, it may not be a bad idea to hold him. And if you are looking for a pod type pick as a non-owner, maybe see what that percentage goes down to. And that Mm -hmm. could dictate whether or not you might want to have a look. But you've read out some of the numbers there. Not a bad call at all, mate, if you're looking for a bowler only. Yep, absolutely. Um, Xavier Bartlett was also someone on the radar for a lot of people this week. A lot of people went and brought him in. Um, we didn't. We faded him, obviously, at our peril. We'll see how he goes tonight. But he's 33% owned in the top 5% of teams, so he's obviously not so owned that um, you know he becomes a must-have or a, or a no-brainer, but he's definitely still in that pod territory for me. It's just a shame about the round nine buy. I just don't mm. really feel good about paying 200K for a bloke who's only going to get one more game for me for the season. Mick, do you, right. you agree yeah. now? We don't just go and kind of rush and chase points on Bartlett? No, no not touching him. Let's... um. Let's talk pods then, because this is the exciting part. You know, a lot of, we've actually had a fair few questions in the Discord about pods and, you know, players that are going to, you know, player of difference is a pod for anybody who, you know, we probably skipped over that part. But um, someone that's owned potentially under that 10% mark for me, and that's where I've focused most of what I've looked at. Um, and, and the first one will surprise you. Adam Zampa, $80,000 he is and 8% owned in the top 5% of teams. Now, I talked earlier about the Renegades playing on two really spinning decks. We saw what the Sydney Showgrounds deck did the other night for Agar and Connolly. Uh, and then Marvel, the game before that, was a Bunsen burner as well with a really shit outfield. So, like, it really suits their last two games for the Renegades, and Adam Zampa could be a really nice cash out because a lot of us are going to be trying to get up to two guns. You're going to be looking at Overton and a couple of other guys we're about to mention that are north of 180K to get to. So mm-hmm. any love there, DR? Look, price for potential, it, it screams out, doesn't it? We know what this bloke, we know what his form was like, obviously, in the World Cup. Had a bit of a slow start to his BBL campaign. But with a bloke like Zamper, and you know him better than all of us, mate, having some uh, experience training with a great man and, and chatting with a great man. But they, you can't keep a great man down, can you, for that long? So you've talked about the deck that he's going to be playing on. Surely at the price, y- you need to be able to maybe downgrade someone in order to get mm. the cash 
to make these upgrades to some of these high price players. So he screams like the perfect selection. I think that some people may be a little bit burnt by him. Lots of yep. starting, really popular starting selection. But don't let that cloud your judgment here. You've got to look at what's coming up. We've talked about those next two games. We know what we paid for him to start. We're getting him into discount now. He's a world-class bowler. So at the price, I think he's going to be a wonderful selection. And hopefully he stays a bit of a pod and uh, we can jump on him and uh, keep him all to ourselves. <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, Mick, people are, are people forgetting what he did at the World Cup about, what, three months ago, less? Yes, 100% they are. But with good reason, though, he's been pretty ordinary this year. Yeah, he has. He definitely has. And he looks tired. He has looked tired. He, he took a game off. Uh, for the Renegades at the back end of their double because he was exhausted and he was pretty open about that. So um, hopefully he's feeling a bit fresher now with um, you know a bit of rest under his belt. Um, talk to me about Tom Curran, Mick, because he, he seems to be the forgotten man, doesn't he? The forgotten man, it'd be, he got, got that four-game suspension, but there's, there's plenty to like about him, isn't there? Yeah, and he's a definite trade target for me this week because I think with his role, that the way he plays, like Overton, he's... Um, He's unreal at 179. What he's he's going to go down in price this week too. He didn't make his break even, so might get him at 170k. Yeah, mate, 170k, 0.6 percent owned in the mm-hmm. top five percent of teams. That's like ten people. Yep, like, yeah, massive. It is so. That could be huge. Uh, I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go and call him almost a must-have. There's no such thing. But if there is someone you want to get this week, uh, I reckon it's Tom Curran. Now that the argument What's... then becomes Curran versus yeah. Overton, doesn't it? Mm. That's a, that's okay. But have you stated how much he averages against the Thunder? Uh, 113 in four games per game. Mm, not yeah. bad. Not bad. So nice matchup. We know the Thunder concede the most points, don't we? We just went through that. Mm-hmm. They concede the most points in the competition, uh, super coach points. So, uh, yeah, hot pick, very hot pick. Um, now, DR, you would have you said your first year was last year. You played, you, you got started in BBL. Akil Hussain was a Ooh. very, very popular pick last year, wasn't he? And he's just been signed by the Renegades to play the last two games. So, whilst he is expensive, is you you got to be lying if you say you're not looking at the bloke. Oh, he's one bloke that I remember well from last year because I, I did jump on him and loved him as a player. And what we get, again, is that dual role, isn't it? You know, he rolled mm-hmm. his arm over, hopefully. Well, I suppose that's a question for you, blokes. Surely they're getting him in as that all-rounder, aren't they? We're not just looking for him to be sort of batting middle middle order, are we? Surely he's going to roll the old uh, arm over as well. You've talked about Zampa and the fact that, the conditions and the deck will most likely suit him. So this is a man that can give you four overs, hopefully, as well as do a lot of damage with the bat. Massive pod. You're talking pods. And if you're sitting around, you know, the thousand mark and you want to even get to that top 500, maybe you will need to make a few different moves. Or if you're right up the top, do you say safe? Do you, do you go with that pod pick? If you are looking for a pod pick, I really, really like the look of this man because I've got nice memories from him last year. So yeah. I do not mind the pick at all, mate. He's um got he should bat seven, um and he should bowl his four overs. I think that they're, they're looking for that Majib replacement with the ball and a guy that can definitely hold his own with the stick in hand. So I his five people own him in the top five percent. So uh, he's going to be a pod no matter what. Uh, it's and two hundred and eight k will deter a lot of people from his price. But I tell you what, it could be the ultimate. That could pun. be for those of you that have Xavier Bartlett straight to Hussain. 
Yeah, good call. That's right. There's a number yeah. of players you can move off this week and get to that price with without having mm-hmm. to spend up. So I like it. Um, we've got five more pods here, Mick. Do you want to run through these guys and, and maybe just talk sure. to me about any ones that you like, or, or maybe if you don't? Tom Rogers, 160K, 1% owned. Hasn't really bowled that well this year, so I'm pretty cold on him. David yep. Payne, cold on him, 1.3% owned. Henry Thornton's interesting. He's 0.1% owned. So what would that be? 20 people maybe? Don't owning like 10. Bowling, <laughs> yeah. bowling death. He's got a really nice Yorker too. He doesn't, yeah. He went for runs early, but really bowls well at the back end of the innings. These next two, though, are probably the ones that are flagging for me. Ben Dwarshus, only 143K at the moment, 0.4% owned. And Sean Abbott, 167K, 0.7% owned. Those two are not just our Australian League BBL quality. They're world quality left arm, right arm, fast bowlers that can bowl death and bowl it really well. Yeah, there's value there. It's who do you pick? You got four quality, but five quality bowlers. You just mentioned five quality quicks and and dr. Did anyone prick your ears there? Tom Rogers, David Payne, Thornton, Dwarshus, Abbott. Well, just quickly, what what's really surprising to me is you look at when when you look at pods. They're normally those players you know that you don't talk about too much. But the currents of the world, Dwarshus, Abbott, at, at mm. their current ownership, I think these are the blokes that you've got to look at if you're looking to move up the ranks. Uh, we, we know that you know Overton is in 30% of teams and some may say he's close to a must-have this week, but if you're looking to climb up, I'd almost, as, as silly as it may sound, avoid your Overton type and look to get on your Karen or your Rabbit type because that's the way that you're going to move up the ranks. We, we're we not talking about we're in the early midway part of the season here. We're about to wrap things up soon. It's going to be over before we know it. So if you're going to make a pod move, this is the week. So I think player ownership is going to be absolutely massive. Yeah. And and these ownership stats are based on the top 5% of teams. So the teams that are doing well at the moment, it makes sense they don't have Curran because he's been suspended and hasn't been playing. It makes sense they don't have Sean Abbott because he's been pretty ordinary. Um, you know, that these guys we've just mentioned are the ones that have so much upside and potential and pedigree. And we know that they're quality players. They just haven't performed this year. So it's no surprise that the good teams don't have them. But that's the advantage for anybody on the run home that's looking for a bit of a punt like DR said. So um, I'm very tempted by a couple of those guys. Matt Renshaw, Court Richardson, Bold Agar. Oh, okay. Beautiful. I'll take the Got Richardson catch. Yeah, yep. 10 yeah. Next, <laughs> next, next ball, Labashane dropped by Crawley. There's a big oh, down. Oh, I've got Ooh, Crawley as well. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah, me too, yeah. mate. Ouch. Good times. Anyway, that's BBL. It's good fun. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Let's let's move on to the Thunder because we, we do have a few questions here about the Thunder as well and maybe which ones we should go early on. What are the best options from the Thunder? Um, mm-hmm. I've actually seen a couple of live comments coming through about someone saying, I think Matty Granger in here saying that he, you could potentially have seven Thunder players and be okay. And I, I might maybe kind of refute that a little bit and just say when you're banking on one team so heavily and if the Thunder, like they have, shit the bed consistently over and over again, if they play poorly, your whole season is tanked. So do yep. you agree, Mick? 100%. So I went hard and had six Perth players, given that they were playing good cricket, Richardson, shit the bed. Ty, he's not even playing. I had Crawley. I traded him out so I could get in Jordan. Um, yeah, it ended up sort of biting me in the ass a little bit. So, yeah, that's, that's probably too many. Four, yep. maybe five, but definitely no more than five. 
I think maybe the good rule, and I don't know how you work this out, DR, but like maybe a good rule is to not have more than or not have half the team <laughs> in your in your team. I, I think that the five is a good number. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've always said max, and you blokes know matter than me. I've just gone one more than you, maximum six. But yep. I think if you look at it in the way that scores tend to average out, too many's too bad. And I've seen some teams on Twitter. Uh, eight scorches on field, for example, it just didn't work out. They said, geez, weekly no. prize locked in here. But it yeah. just, in all reality, it was never going to happen. It's uh, the no. game, as we said, just too volatile. And relying too much on the one team, and, and that team in this case being the Thunder, yeah, it scares me off a little bit there, mate. Got to be very selective. And let me tell you, if it was the Heat or the Scorchers or you know, another decent team, even the stars, you could take a punt on the stars. They're starting to come good, you know, but we're, we're talking about the worst team in the comp at the moment. So yeah, you, you've got to proceed with caution, I think, but let's talk about the options that we do like, because there are a few. Um, now that the first guy and the one that's most owned at the moment is Daniel Sams. We don't need to talk about him. I think like you said at the start of the show, DR, he is probably the only guy that is nearly a must have in, in the Thunder lineup for the double. Um, I, I'm, I a hundred percent agree. Do you agree, Mick? Yes. Um, Alex Hales, though, 19.3% owned. Uh, he is probably the well, second most owned guy from the Thunder. He has been good, but obviously there's an injury risk there now. So we're going to need to be very careful moving forward with him. Um, now, let me talk to you about how many have I got here? Three pods. And you, mm -hmm. you guys add in any other Thunder players that you like, because there's a couple maybe I haven't added. David Warner. 125k, 1.3% owned. Now, this is a batsman only, so there is risk involved. David Warner was a guy I got in last year as well, and he burnt me and did next to nothing after the test series last year for the last couple of rounds. Um, I also got in Marnus and Usman last year at the end of the season, and they also burnt me and did nothing. So there's no guarantee these test guys are going to come in and do well. But there's something about David Warner now just retiring from test cricket. The, the shackles are off. You know, maybe he can relax a little bit, play some shots, get on the mic, have a bit of a chat. He seems to like doing that. Any So, Mick, is there any love for David Warner? Is he a guy that you would look at as a bit of a punt player or are we focusing on other players for round nine? Yes, but for round nine, not for this next round. So he's coming back from his brother's wedding. I don't know about you, blokes, and your sporting crew. Well, we know about yours because we played it earlier, Nath. But when, <laughs> when we when we talk about sports, I can't ever remember playing a game of footy, cricket, basketball, where you've travelled for X amount of hours, get gotten straight out of the car, or I've never had to plane anywhere really, straight onto a footy field or cricket field and play well. You yeah. know, you need the time to prepare. You need the time to get yourself right. And... I think this is going to be a little bit rushed and therefore I don't think he's going to score well. So I'll be fading him for this round and then looking to bring him in round nine. It feels a bit forced, doesn't it, DR? Like it maybe contractually or, you know, he's the face of the thunder. So maybe there's a bit of pressure on him to, to make sure that he plays the Sydney Derby. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I think the, the safe and sensible move is to just wait the week and then look to jump on next week if all things are looking right. I don't think there's any need to rush in. I think maybe... Uh, coaches that haven't played the game for a long time may get focused too much on the name here. We all know who Davey Warner is. We know what the temptation's like. But I would just be waiting that one extra week, see what he does. As Big Horse said, you know, preparation is everything in game. You know, mental preparation, physical preparation. So coming straight off the flight, I just don't think that that works. Man, look, he, he could come out and score a ton. We, we just don't know. The shackles, as you mentioned, will be released. But 
I'll be waiting that one week before I commit to him, I think, mate, for sure. I think we all have ingrained in our memories Stephen Smith the last two, three rounds yes. of the BBL last year, don't we? And and that very real could could happen with David Warner. You know, he's that calibre of player. And, and Steve Smith is also playing in round eight for the Sixers in this derby. So the only reason I haven't mentioned him as a pod is because he's $275,000. Now, if you've got bigger nuts than me, go for it. It's just a lot of money to go and buy him. Now that I've said this, he's guaranteed to get a ton. So go jump on him. He's he's locked in. But I, I, I just don't want to pay up. I, and I didn't pay up last year and it kind of hurt me. But you know, the one thing, the saving grace for me was that we talked about this with Andrew Langley, the back-to-back BBL Supercoach winner. He didn't have Steve Smith for the run home last year either and still won the comp. So it's not the end of the world if you miss one guy that goes ballistic as long as your squad's solid. So priority for me, and I, I don't know about you, Mick, but priority for me is to make sure the balance of my squad is solid rather than spending up on one guy that could be a Hail Mary. Absolutely. And if that guy fails, then it just fucks your week. Yeah. What about the rest of these Thunder guys, Mick? Um, any love for any of these other guys? Um, there's a couple maybe that I'm eyeing off, but um, yes. it's it's slim pickings, isn't it? Chris Green. He he is one that I'm looking at bringing in alongside Tanvis uh, Sanger, the yep. chicken Sanger, as we call him. Um, <laughs> sp- they're playing on spinner's decks to finish off the year. Chris Green's actually been doing the job with the bat too. The, their has. top order have not been firing. He's been coming in late, hitting his quick hire 20, 25, getting some strike rate bonus on top of bowling pretty well with the ball, not getting a lot of wickets, but his economy rate's been pretty good. 160K, I think that's going to drop. I don't think he's met his break even for this round. So, yeah, yeah definite option there. Could go early. Now, Last guy I've got, I don't know whether there's any love. Maybe it's just a homer because I played with him. Gurinder Sandu. I started. I actually got him in when he was named for the Thunder and just right at the last minute at the start of the season, and it didn't really pan out the way I wanted it to, but he's 115K and he bowls death. Now, he's got a really good change-up, good slow ball. Like Mick just said, they're going to be playing on kind of spinners, slowish decks based on what we've seen this year so far. Six people own him. Six. So, I mean, do you want a death bowler? Maybe he's your guy. 115K is nice and cheap, but um, I can't really make too much of an argument based on form. It's it's more just a bit of a punt play, dear. But um, any other Thunder guys that you're looking at that we haven't mentioned? No, just on him. When, whenever you mention death over, it just screams junk time to me. We've seen blokes have a first, you know, ordinary first three and then bowling at the death when you've got to go for it, it just creates wickets. So I like anyone that's got that role. We know he's a big pod, so don't mind him. Look, I brought in Ollie Davies for his double. Didn't really set the world on fire. You can look at your Alex Ross type, but does he get a batter? I'm not too sure. So I think Green's the other one, as Big Horse mentioned, that I like. You look even second bowl last week, straight down the ground, beautiful shot for six. So given the fact that he is that spinner, good deck, and he can do a little bit, bit of damage with the bat as well, I think he's going to be a fine selection. So he'd probably be my second most favoured selection if going for a Thunder player after Daniel Sams, I think. And, boys, just quickly, Bancroft, is there any interest there whatsoever? Or with Jilks coming in, taking the gloves, we're not really interested anymore? No. No, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I'm with Mick on this one. Like, he was great at the time because the wickets were decent. Uh, the pitches he was playing on were pretty flat. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we know that these might be a bit slow and it's going to be tough for opening batsmen. And, um, you know, we know what they've done so far this year. And, and don't get me wrong, like him as a player, I just don't know whether the upside's there in picking bangers 
to to finish your season. I'd rather I'd rather take a punt on David Warner on a double than I would Cameron Bancroft personally. Yep, cool. Fifty k cheaper. There, there is one more I want to bring up. Tom Kohler Cadmore. He did score forty seven points, super coach points in the last game, but my deceased grandma could be quicker between wickets than this guy. He his <laughs> shit house. Oh, yeah. Uh, I swear they rolled a treadmill out into the middle of the wicket. And he's just <laughs> yeah. running on that thing he's the whole time. Down the on the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. He nearly got run out. I counted three times in that innings the other night. Um, and and to be fair, all three were Alex Hales' fault as well, by the way. Probably worst runner between the wickets in international cricket. But um, yeah, no, no interest from me on Cola Cadmore, unfortunately. But let's let's move into early trade thoughts um, and, and let's speak our minds on what we're thinking for the coming week. Dr, do you want to kick off? Um, who are you thinking is moving out for you, and and who are you looking at to bring in? Very interesting week. Uh, tough because, as you said, there's normally automatic selections if you got the double. So coming into a single, you've got a lot of ways about going about it. Do you prepare for the Thunder players? Do you go for some of those pods from? the Sixers, for example. But one very, very quick thing that I, I want to bring up is the loophole this week. The use of the loophole, given the fact we've got everyone on a single, is it worth potentially, if you are looking to bank a bit of coin, bring in a cheap loophole, such as a burden from the heat. He's playing the third game. We know they've got that buy in the last round as well. Is that something that we look to do? I actually did that last week. So that's who Cooper – oh, we're celebrating. I might be on to yeah. something here. If the big yeah. man's on to it, then now yeah. I may be on to something. But what I like with Burden, as I said, um, got that third game coming up. Then he's got the buy. Cheap as chips, DPP. You can swing him around. I think he could be a really decent option this week in order to take advantage of a bench score. This is a week to do it. When we've got no one on the double, I think it's super important. That's another reason why I kept on to Quinton DeCock, knowing that he wouldn't be available. I'm running with a few different wicket keepers at the moment. So uh, that's someone, boys, who I think could be a solid trade-in selection for me this week. Uh, Overton was always the man that I was looking to bring in. So probably out uh, ex-Bartlett and in comes Overton for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to look to get another Thunder player in at this stage, unless it's yep. a bit of a cheapie. It may be someone like a Sanger, but not looking at Warner, not looking at Sam. So for me, it may be someone from either the Renegades, such as your Zampa, or else I may go one of those boys, such as Tom Curran that you mentioned. And a big shout out to you two, because I've only made those decisions uh, as we've been talking tonight, because someone like Tommy Curran, was not on my radar. That's why you guys are the best of the best. So, uh, yeah, I may look to go that extra pod move just to try to get maybe into the top 1% if uh, all things go well and I get a bit of luck. And is there anything better than just nailing a pod that isn't owned? There's oh, nothing better great. in super coaches there. No. Great feeling, mate. Great feeling. Yeah, you're only celebrating with a handful of people, but uh, it's yeah. okay to celebrate on your own sometimes. That's, you don't need to be I love the fact that you brought up Burden. I brought him in last week. He plays the third game this week, and I think it's the fourth game next round. So you've got plenty of time to loophole a VC if required. Yep. So, yep, nice work, DR. I, and you make a really good point about the loophole. I think anybody who has Zach Crawley is the one guy that's screaming hold for me purely because he's off. He's gone now. 
He's off to international duties. He's going to go play for England. Um, so this is his last game tonight before he heads off. He's gone. So uh, Zach Crawley could be a really nice little loophole option there. I know he's bad only and it does limit you a little bit. But um, I think if you don't want to go and bring in enough, you don't want to have to rely on wasting a trade in, in a week like this where you want to bring in enough. I, I think you could probably hold a guy like Crawley. Or like you mentioned, Quinton de Kock is also a, a guy that a lot of people have held for that reason. So it's a really good move. Um, and for anybody who's been frustrated by Sam Harper this year, um, he, he will be a really useful wicketkeeper loop enough as well. Uh, as it looks like, unfortunately, he won't be playing for the rest of the season. Hopefully he's on the mend. Um, so yeah, some, some guys to hold for sure. Mick, what, what are your moves this week? What are you thinking? I just love the fact that Paul Walter is in, in the 11th over. So he's got plenty of time to bat. Um, I have a, a vague idea of what I'm going to do. So Jai Richardson is definitely out. Ty is definitely out. The next one, I'm not show, so sure. I may get rid of Munro purely because I don't want to be left with any Brisbane Heat players apart from Burden come the last round and look to bring in Curran. I'll probably bring in another Thunder. So whether that's uh, Tanvir Sanger or Green and then definitely Overton. I've still got, I'll go to my team, 101K in the bank to use. So plenty of coin there to upgrade. Well set up. Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm I'm moving on Swepson. It's just about time I use his cash. Hopefully he gives me a little parting present tonight. That would be beautiful. Um, I'm moving Jai Richardson on like you are, Mick. And uh, Fraser McGurk, I think, has played his role for me. He's done his job, so I'll probably move him on as well. Um, a couple of options on the in. I do definitely want that one premium kind of all-rounder option, whether it's Hussain and I'm getting spicy or whether it's Curran or Overton, which are the two other obvious options for me. Um, I'm probably leaning towards Curran uh, at the moment. Uh, Zampa with you, Dr. I, I think I'm on that on that Zampa train. And then the third trade, it just depends who, whether I'm going to have enough cash to get to maybe someone like an Alex Hales if he's fit, or maybe I take a punt on Ollie Davies maybe a week early. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit unsure on what the third trade looks like for me, but I mean I could easily hold Jake Fraser McGurk and maybe move on someone a little bit more expensive if I needed more cash. So it, it might be the week to to take a bit of a punt, take a bit of a risk. Um, but I, I do think that one of those all-rounders is going to be crucial, if not two. If you can get Curran and Overton this week, you're going to be in an awesome spot uh, moving forward. Now, uh, if we talk captains very quickly, and then we'll answer these questions because we've got a few. Yeah, I mean, the VC is Matt Short. They play game one. Yes. Like, do yes. we even need to talk about another option there, or can we move on? Move on. Move on, yep. <laughs> Who's the captain on then? Because you've now we've got a, a large amount of options. Um, yeah, I mean, Tom Curran, we've talked about a lot. Do we back a renegade in? Um, is there anybody that you love at the moment for captain, Mick? Yeah, Tom Curran. Averages 116 against the Thunder. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. Any any left field picks, DR? No, well, I was uh, looking at potentially Maxi myself, just as that ceiling type player. Um, so he was my backup, but uh, I'm hoping that uh, the VC in, in Matty Short will just come home. But what would you blokes – so what score are you taking as a VC? So because you're going current potentially as your, your backup captain, what are you actually mm-hmm. taking from Matty Short to, to be happy with that and, and not worry about going ahead with someone like a current? I'm a little bit further back in the rankings. And for me, if you're not first, you're last. So I'll I'll take 90 out of Short. Okay. Nothing yep. less. Yep. Yeah, that's um 
to be honest, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards anywhere post 80, 90, maybe even 100. It, just depending on what the rest of the week is look like and how my other players are going is usually how I dictate whether I'm going to take a VC or not. Uh, if I'm feeling like I'm a bit behind, I might I might take a punt on Curran and just hope he gets 150. Um, but then if I'm if I'm ahead and I'm feeling good and I'm seeing other teams and and I'm looking in a better spot, I might just take the safe VC. So yeah, beauty. I think those two are the the good options. Now let's let's move into questions because we've got a, a shitload of them. Thanks for getting them in, guys. We've got a ton from the Discord as well, and also some that have come in live. So we appreciate your interaction, guys. Um, we've also answered a couple already, so we'll skip through those pretty quickly. Uh, we've already talked about how many thunder we want on the double. Uh, we've talked about the best pods on the run home. Uh, Brent Brent may be in a sign of weakness. Brent's a big part of our Discord community. And he, yeah. he says, why do we play BBL every year when it's the most luck-dependent fantasy sport? Connolly doesn't bowl for weeks. We drop him, and then he kills us. And um, speaking of, Brent was on like 1,050 with six players to play tonight. So he's got nothing to complain wow. about at all. No, he's looking yeah, huge. Wow. Mm. Yeah, big score from well him. Well done. Um, we talked about Curran. Virtual Reality asks, is Tom Curran an option? He hasn't been scoring well, but has a plum roll. Covered that. Get, um, get him in. CG10 says, is Steve Smith a good option? Uh, I've kind of talked about this, but like, is there any love there for Steve Smith? Would you just pay up and take a take a crack at him knowing what he did last year, DR? Who's got the money for it? And who are you moving on for him? You're short mm-hmm. and Maxwell. Yeah, Matt Sam's not moving on. So yeah. I just don't see a world in where... I would do it or too many people would actually be in the position to do it. Man, unless you like big horse, you've got a hundred K sitting there. You go with a hope and a prayer for a week, go really different. Um, but no, not for me, mate. What about yourself, Mick? Definitely not. No, yeah. I'm just checking with Stephen Smith. He's at 275 K. He's breaking even. He's only 56. So if you were going to fork out, he could make you money. He very well could That's make wild. you money. <clears throat> Yep, don't like you know what? Like I'm just not gonna do it. Does not doesn't make sense with the other options that are in play. Um, so uh virtual reality also wants to know who has the best run of games in terms of opponents. We've had that little bit of a discussion, but I mean the strikers playing against the hurricanes and the thunder for the run home is really appealing. Mm-hmm. Uh any other kind of runs for the for the run home? I mean, the Brisbane Heat have a buy in round nine boys, so we're probably not gonna be talking too much about them. We're off but uh any other just trying to look through here at the at the schedule. We've got Melbourne Stars. They play the Renegades into the Hurricanes. Not not bad. That's pretty good. Uh, we're, we're kind of looking at teams that are playing the Thunder, Renegades and Stars, really, aren't we? Um, yep. Or, yep. or Hurricanes. Those four teams, I think you've got really nice matchups there. So maybe that answers your question. Um, we kind of talked already. Hecker asked us who, who are the best straight points options. Like Matt Short, Maxi, kind of standard guys. I'd say Tom Curran becomes in that conversation. Is there anyone we've missed? Anybody that you're looking at that's just a pure primo option that you go, yep, don't care if they don't have a good draw, I'm just going to pick him. I don't mind Dan Lawrence from the Stars as a left field pick this round. He looks good with the stick. Ooh, nice, yeah. Yep. And he gets a bowl too, doesn't he? I mean, he does. We don't know where they're going. I don't think he knows. But I don't think he they're knows. They're getting either. down there somewhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know our friend Scobie jumped on uh, Lawrence a couple of weeks ago and, and was a very happy huge. man. So, yeah, shout out to the legend. Uh, he's not very happy about Quentin de Kock, though. He's been very vocal about his feelings for Quentin de Kock's uh, BBL 13 <laughs> campaign, our old scopes. So. Um, CG10 has a question. Is it known when Travis Head is coming back to the BBL? Do we know much at the moment, Big Horse? Is he going to be back at all or is we're pretty much done? No, nah, he's done. He's not playing. 
I mean, he would have played last week, maybe. Uh, I mean, the test players are available this coming round, aren't they? Um, but the- I, there, yeah, it was released yesterday that he's resting this round into the test series. There you go. And he has had a big summer, hasn't he? Um, yeah. So he's still, bl- he's still blind after the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, still hung over. <laughs> he, mate, the bloke sung some tins, didn't he? Good on him. Um, Dr. I'll ask you this one, mate. Virtual reality wants to know: is is uh, Hardy a trade out option at his price for the run home? Well, when we're talking about these type options, your Overtons, your, your Karens, your Maxwells, your Shorts, Hardy, for me personally, is probably falling, falling, falling in that list at the moment. It was a bit of a surprise. What, did he open the bowling the other day, didn't he? he I did. thought, oh, no, yeah. gee, should I chuck the captaincy on him? Um, yeah. Late-minute move. But, uh, look, for me, a little bit out of form. I'd, if you could guarantee him overs each game, I'd be a lot keener, but given the fact that he's looking possibly more like that bat only, uh, I don't mind trading him out personally. Uh, I think that I'd much rather trade out your Richo and your tie before that. Definitely sure. the priority for me. But uh, if you maybe don't have those two, have only got one, I'm, I'm happy to trade Hardy out personally. Can I just drop some knowledge on you for a second? Go on. So Aaron Hardy's last three scores against the Sydney Thunder. 28, 21, 4. Mm. Wow. Okay. And then against the yeah, against the Brisbane Heat, which they're playing tonight, 4, 90, 102. So against the Thunder next round, what's that? 49, 52. Jeez, the average is 17 super coach All points right. per game. Good. I'll come back at you. Yeah. I reckon he's a hold. I'll go against both here because uh, they're at Optus Stadium for the run home. Yeah. His mm-hmm. average at Optus Stadium in 15 matches is 63.3 Supercoach points. And that mm-hmm. is at least 15 points clear of his next best average at any other venue in Australia. So we know that Darren Hardy loves playing in Perth. He loves playing at Optus Stadium. The wickets are flat as all fuck. I'm holding. I'm holding him um, I, purely for that reason. I love the fact that one of us is going to have to be right on this one. Yep. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait until it's me. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, pod captain. If you had to pick a pod captain, boys, one each. Uh, not let's say not Curran that we've already talked about, who's obvious, and not Matt Short. Who are you picking? A pod captain. You go first. Oh, yeah. Okay, Overton. Overton. Nice. You you mentioned Maxi a little bit earlier. I don't know whether that's pod enough. Is it? He might be kind of too obvious. Yeah, I was I was having a look at that. Look, I know that someone like a tall Paul was a really popular option. This week with with his double, could you go again? Possibly on a single. Yeah, I'll, I'll go tall. It. Paul as uh, backing up if you've got him this week. I like it. Big cult hero, tall Paul as well. How good has he been in the BBL? You need a guy like that every year to come over and just really get the fans involved. So he, he's been awesome. He's been very good. But uh, yeah, can't go wrong with any of those options, boys. Very very good. Uh, that covers the Discord questions. We'll cover the few live ones and wrap this bad boy up. But. Uh, Matty Granger wants to know, do we have any loop suggestions? He doesn't have a loop as of yet. Uh, you guys mentioned, uh, the, the Brisbane fellow, wasn't he? The basement price, 42K. What's his name, Mick? Uh, Burden from the Brisbane Heat. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Quinton de Kock as a guy to, to hold potentially for the loophole, considering he won't be playing anymore. I'm just looking at schedule. Cause uh, like when we look at loopholes, you want to find players that are playing late in the round. Um, so I'm looking at the Renegades who play last in round eight last. and last in round nine. 
I think the Renegades are the, the prime target for a loophole if you can find someone. Um, you, you've got a couple of options there, a couple of basement price cheapies that you could pick. Uh, David Warner was good this round. If you went early on him, you could have used him as a loophole, but that doesn't help you now. Any other suggestions for loops? Nah, just burden for me. Already got him in. They play the third game this next round, then they don't play the last round. And only um, 42K. Yeah. And if you're a Crawley owner, Perth play third and third. So you've got plenty of time up your sleeve for, for Perth players that aren't playing as well. So worth uh, worth keeping in mind. Those are the suggestions I think we'd go with, Matty. Um, we've already talked about under 10% pods for Corey Blackledge. He's asked us if there's any under 10% pods this round to get in. We've, we've given you a few, mate. So hopefully pick a few. Pick the ones that, that are going to go good. Hopefully that helps. Um, he also thinks you could have seven thunder. We talked about that. Uh, maybe drop it back to six or five. Um, I think seven's probably overcompensating a tad. And uh, Plowboy mentioned as well when we were talking about not stacking with too many players, washouts are a reality too, aren't they? Mm -hmm. We've seen it throughout all year, and it's really thrown things on their head with the weather this year, hasn't it, Mick? Like, we can't rely on getting a game done these days. Nah, we're going through an El Nino, aren't we? Or an El mm -hmm. Nina. Which one's the one that's wet? Anyway, <laughs> like, there's just so much water around at the moment. You don't know week to week or round to round almost who's playing and who's not. So unfortunately yeah. we just have to keep an eye on the weather and who's playing who. And even like someone like a Zampa, knowing that he's potentially playing under that roof as well, you know, there's a guaranteed game there for him. The weather's not going to affect that. So these are the little things you really got to take into account, isn't it? And for you sure. know, the one person that's just popped into my head that we haven't talked about once is Will Sutherland. You know, what, what, what happened to him? Because he's still 130 K or something. He's dirt cheap. He's still got the role. Yeah. He's still bowling yeah. through the middle of the overs. Um, he's still batting six or seven. I think um, the captaincy's not done him any favours at all. I think he's agree overthinking things at the moment. Yep. yep. Yeah, I agree with that. And we, we all jumped off for that reason. So it does make sense. But look, he's still got the role there. Maybe something will come good. Maybe he'll bring a bit of round one heroics back into it and score 180 for us and it'll be an absolute masterstroke. Who knows? Last one's for you, DR. Uh, Corey wants to know, is it the right time to get rid of Jack Edwards? Um what do you think? Jack here. Well, he's another bloke. So at the start, just, just very quickly, I had the choice. It came down to Fraser McGurk, Edwards, or Menenti. And I thought, I'm going to be nice and smart here and stash him on the bench for his double the week after. But that, that just did not happen. So what a, what a season he's had, you know. As he jumped out, was it over 100K now, I think, on his price? So, look, you could view him and, you know, playing a lot of AFL super coach. Normally, the way you play this game is you wait for your rookies to fatten up, you trade them out, bring another premium in. Is his role affected now that we've had Tom Curran come back into the side? Maybe that could put me off slightly. So I think he's certainly a candidate to trade out of your side when we've got other players around his price or possibly under that are absolute superstars of the game. I might even look to pivot to maybe one of these Sixers players that we've talked about during the potty. Might be a bit of a, a pod move for you, Causa. Yeah, good. I like it. And uh, Lanina is wet, is what you're looking for, Mick. So uh, Thank you, Plowboy. Thanks for having my back. that mate. one in there. Yeah. Um, guys, that brings us to the end. We've, we've covered pods. We've covered all the options for, for this week for round eight. We've got plenty happening. We've got two more rounds to go with BBL Supercoach. So everyone's on the single. Mate, if we get it right this week, it, you could go rocketing up. Uh, if you pick a, if you get a few good picks, any uh, final words, Dr. Before we wrap this one up, 
No, just look, I, I more than anything, just want to thank you guys for, for having me on. As I've said, I've been a big fan watching from afar this year. I know you guys are not just into your BBL, big part of NRL. And I know, Mick, you're doing a bit of AFL stuff this year. So I would love to actually have you come onto our channel. We've got a weekly uh, sure. potty that we do. So that would be fantastic, mate. But look, I, I suppose my, my final word of advice is I, I am pretty big on having a loop like your burden, I think you've got to take advantage of some of those bench scores coming up to this week. If you are looking to climb the ranks, definitely look at ownership percentage. And you've mentioned a couple of times, boys, don't look overall, go to that top 10, five, even 1% to see what your competition's up to, the best coaches in the game. Use that as a bit of a guide and potentially go with someone that is under your three, 2% mark to go away from the crowd. If you're happy enough just to possibly hold rank, then go with an Overton type, overcurring type, because you're going to win when other players win, lose when other players lose. But uh, yeah, that's probably my final advice. And uh, more than anything, just enjoy the game. I know it can be a little bit frustrating at times and we produce content and love it. We're really passionate about it, but it's just out of your hands sometimes and it's up to the fantasy and the super coach God. So uh, just enjoy the game and uh, stay positive. And thank you again, guys, for having me on. I had an absolute blast uh, chatting with you fellas. Uh, good on you. It's been a pleasure, mate. And and where can people find you if they want to get involved in the AFL or, or follow the channel? You're on YouTube as well, aren't you? Yeah, so mainly on, on YouTube. Obviously on X, so my, my username's there at supercoach underscore DR. But yeah, got the YouTube channel uh, almost on 5,000 subscribers, which is very humbling at the moment. But uh, got a great community there. And uh, we'll be doing plenty of pre-season content Uh Hope you with a big horse on there as well to uh, help to guide us for all sure. through the season. Love for it. Sure, Love it. Go and give DR a follow, guys. Uh, big horse. Wrapping things up, mate. Final words. Uh, just for those of you that are involved in our Insight community team, we are sitting 18th overall and uh, looking like a fairly nice score this week as well. So hopefully we can sneak up into the top 10 before the last two rounds. Would be nice. Would be nice. The community know what they're doing at Insight, don't they? Um, I should have just copied the community team. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> uh, um, guys, thanks, thanks for watching. Obviously, if you made it to the end, we appreciate you watching. Uh, hit subscribe, hit like, follow, review, do all those things. Uh, we would really appreciate it. We will see you one more time for the round nine preview, and that'll be likely Saturday. I think night. is when, yep. when things wrap up. So we'll see you Saturday night for the last live or second last live. We'll do a wrap up at the end of the season too. But until then, good luck this week. Hopefully plenty of green arrows, guys. We'll see you in a few days. Uh, catch you later. Cheers, guys.